Green for go, they're racing. He says go, he says Tara, and Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race, the rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Fantastic afternoon of racing at Tabcourt Park Menangle. Four Group 1s on the card, six feature races, and of course the Beersheba as well. It was a $50,000 race. Fred Hastings was the man behind the binoculars for all of the action out at Club Menangle, and he's joining me to have a chat. Hello, Fred. G'day, Greg. Yeah, look, I've always said it's one of my real favourite days on the racing calendar because of some of the uncertainty that can manifest on the day, and I guess case in point was the three-year-old Colts and Geldings final. Um, we, you know, I won't say it was an upset by any stretch, but the expectation on betting was that uh, better be the best would be in the finish, and alas, he uh, bubbled out of his gear at the 500. It's it's an interesting race, and, and we'll, we'll get to that one soon. Breeders' Challenge Racing, it's a little bit different because you'd normally have a dominant horse. You've got a short price favourite, and they, and we saw mm. a few of those today where they, they, they looked a lot better than their rivals. But still today, with the times they ran... Um, and some of the results. It made for a great day of racing. Well, there were some real key matchups, Greg, and obviously the, the three-year-old fillies. Uh, all week it's been major delight versus I Keep Smiling. Uh, the three-year-old Colts and Geldings, it was pretty much captains not the uh, better be the best. Uh, the standout, you alluded to the standout uh, being Luxa Turner, I guess, and we'll get to her, didn't she? Uh, failed to uh, to disappoint. She was unbelievable. And... Uh, the, probably the best back runner all day, Greg, uh, was Nathan Street to uh, uh, beat War Dan Barty, who would open up as an odds on So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a race meeting in the past. Some of these finals have thrown up some, some rough results, um, and immediately She's All Apples springs to mind, and uh, and, the, and uh, Rock and Marty and a few others. But today it was uh, pretty much those that were well in the market that... Uh, that figured in the finish. I've caught up with a lot of the major players in a preview and, and obviously over the past two weeks. So I thought, well, we, we'll, we'll get your thoughts and, and I'll pass on my thoughts on these feature finals as, as well today. So let's start in uh, the first of the, the group ones. But what she got, she comes in on a straight Luxa Turner. She's five metres in front, 27-3 the quarter. He gets to work, Ulchin. In second spot, Renewal. They were followed by Aldermott Luca, battling away elusive and they're clear of the others. But a it's Luxa Turner. Park your peepers on this outstanding filly. She is the princess of the paceway. She's going to bolt in down to the line. Luxa Turner, nine from nine. I don't think I'm speaking out of school. I interviewed Ricky Alchin for the preview on Wednesday, and when we'd finished that interview, he said, "Hazy, uh, this filly is ready to do something really special." You know, and, and you know, he didn't want the added pressure of that being a, a public comment, but. You know, she did something very special. She did it all on her own. She went out there and ran uh, 149.9, 27.3 and 27.6 home. And she basically gave her rivals no chance from the time the light went on. She she uh, just, she's something special. I've had the pleasure of calling her in the bulk of her race wins. She's now batting at nine from nine, uh, 54.9 last half. She became the fastest two-year-old, whether it be Colt Gelding or Philly, the fastest two-year-old to ever race in Australasia. Um, she went 149.8 was the time that showed on the on the semaphore board. 
and as you say, Greg, she, she just dominated. She won by seven and a half metres. She beat a very good filly in renewal. Take nothing away from Luxa Turner. Renewal really boxed on well. And there are a few eye catchers in behind uh, at 150 to 1 and 100 to 1. Uh, Libby Lou just saved all the ground on the pegs and our ultimate Luca made a lot of ground from the back. But she is an amazing filly, the world's her oyster. Um, and I dubbed her the princess of the paceway in the call. I think she's going to prove to be a queen uh, on many levels as she matures and, and gets through her age group. I was emceeing out there today and in the presentation, I posed the, the question to Ricky. She's a three-year-old filly next year. Do you go to the Eureka? Do you consider, are you open to offers for a spot in the Eureka? And he didn't say no, but just from what he was saying, I don't think he's keen to head that way. And I get that after watching what happened in this year's Eureka. The three-year-olds, basically, they did it tough up against the older horses. They did. And one thing I think Ricky really prides himself with, Greg, is he's a very astute manager of his good horses. And I think, you know, a bit in, in similar vein to Nathan Turnbull this year with Better Be The Best, he declined any any over, overtures to, to become a, a Eureka contender because he felt there were bigger fish to fry. And one of those was today and it didn't pan out. But he does not regret, Nathan, his decision not to partake in the Eureka. And I reckon Ricky just, he's, he's astute nature. He's a very good horseman. He, he works with these babies, you know, from the breaking stage on. I reckon he knows he's probably got something out of the box here and rather than put her up against those older horses and as you rightly say, they the three-year-olds that were in the race this year, uh, you know, haven't haven't sort of performed at their, their optimum since. Uh, we're going to see uh, Luxa Turner, I think, uh, win some special races and I, I, yeah, I, I think Ricky, he didn't say no, Greg. I heard the interview. He didn't say no, but I would be very surprised if he ever agrees to put her in a, in a Eureka. Yeah, he's keen. He's He was more keen to go towards the Rising Star in, in Queensland. So that, mm. that is a race. And I spoke with him again after the presentation, and he said, yeah, look, that's that's our main go. He said, but I, in the end, I, I don't make the final decision. I'll speak with the owner, and, and we'll see which way they want to go. He is keen to go to Victoria for the Breeders' Crown, and we, and we saw her season not yet over. Um, the two-year-old boys. The leader, Wardan Buddy, but issuing a challenge here as Royal Cruiser. They were followed six metres away by Nathan Street, who's dead set just jogging at the moment. They were followed by Harmony, who works around the outside of American Spirit. Third split, 28-2. Wardan Buddy has a kick. Wardan Buddy gets four metres now on Royal Cruiser. Nathan Street wound up on the outside, but he's got to work. The leader is Wardan Buddy with 150 to go. Inch by inch, Nathan Street wears down the margin, puts the nose in front. It's going to be Nathan Street pulling clear, and Nathan Street will beat Wardan Buddy. Royal Cruiser, brave run, got third ahead of Ironclad Harmony. Nathan Street, very impressive. Freddie Tabor and Jack Trainer have done a wonderful job. They arrived in New South Wales and the horse uh, misbehaved at the start in his first heat and then was able to get through in the second round of heats. One uh, did a good job in his semi-final and then comes out in the final and proves too good. Uh, BK, uh, again, I don't think I'm speaking out of school. He had a, a, a quite a hefty wager, um, an all-up, and unfortunately it went awry. But this was one leg that he, he was happy to take the $3 um, when they first put it up. Mm. Very talented horse. Really good drive by Jack Trainer because he had to nurse. Nathan Street, he's still learning. There's, he's still very green, but, gee, he was good once he was able to balance up. Yeah, son of Lazarus, he had him in a lovely spot, and he, 
he just seemed to go a little awkwardly around the final turn when the, the, the burn went on. And uh, Ward and Buddy, uh, Mark Pitt, went for home. Uh, but Nathan Street just kept coming. Uh, they got home in a, in a 56-2 half, one by 3.8 metres. And Nathan Street, he's a horse going places. Probably, Greg, fair to say, the best back runner on the card. You mentioned the $3 that was on offer early doors. It got down at one point uh, as low as about $1.60 for memory. Um, the official uh, price has gone up as $1.90 starting. Uh, but he was very good. You're right about Jack Trainer's uh, drive. He had the horse in a lovely spot. Ward End Buddy gave a ton of cheek. And didn't Royal Cruiser battle on well after doing some of the bullock work from out wide? And ironclad for Grant Dixon and Robert Morris attacked the line well. A uh, few good runs in the race, but uh, G Nathan Street, he's a horse going places for sure. Um, Wardown Buddy and Royal Cruiser, of course, came out of this, uh, that uh, other semi-final where they broke the clock apart over the final 800 metres. And uh, look, I know mm. they had two weeks between finals, but I just wonder, but look, you know, they've gone out and run 150.5 today. Wardown Buddy was only beaten less than four metres. Royal Cruiser was beaten eight metres. But I wonder just how much that, you know, that may have taken out of the tank with these two-year-olds. Yeah, look, you, you could probably make a case that that may have been uh, what, what's occurred there. But uh, look, they're both very good horses. And I was really taken with Royal Cruiser. He, 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 Greg, he strikes me as the sort of horse that as he gets into his next season, he's going to be better for the experience that he's, uh, he's you know, from his two-year-old season. Like you say, there was uh, plenty of uh, burn in that, that uh, semi-final Today he sat parked outside them. They went 26-4 early and 27-9 second split. So they've gone a, a 54-3 half. Mm. Um, and he sat outside parked. And he's only been beaten, uh, what, eight metres? Yeah. Uh, two, two, two horse length. So um, I, I really like Royal Cruiser. I think he's, uh, he's a, a very nice horse for Bernie. Uh, but, yeah, you can't take anything away from the, 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 the winner of the race. And Ward End Buddy will... He, uh, he he was good. He was brave. He hung on it. Nathan Street had a little bit of a battle to get past him, but once uh, he asserted his superiority, he was able to draw away. You know, some people not huge fans of semi-final final racing because we do get you know semi-finals that are run at pedestrian speed, but that definitely yep. wasn't the case with the three-year-old yeah. fillies um, in their semi-final. I keep smiling. Broke the one fifty in her uh, in her semi-final, and look, I must admit, I probably said it five eight times in the preview. I was really concerned about how you get a three-year-old filly up off that performance to come out and win a final. But Belinda and Luke McCarthy, they are the best at it. And I Keep Smiling was super dominant again, beating a Major Delight. And then it was a long break back to third in the three-year-old Phillies final. It's Major Delight ahead in front. I Keep Smiling is being put to pressure on the outside. Marking time behind them. Ludicrous Tintin, Joe and Vinette as they swing. First into the straight is Major Delight. In second, Posse as I Keep Smiling pop the question. He's got to get to work here on... Major Delight, I keep smiling and they've come away, these two star fillies are going to have a toe-to-toe -to -toe showdown, Major Delight and I keep smiling, I keep smiling puts the neck in front, too big too strong, tough win, goes home to score, it is I keep smiling over Major Delight did you see Sky Blue jump out of the ground for third? Yeah look I keep smiling, you're right, went 149.9 last week, she was only a tenth outside that very talented uh, Philly Antonia's uh, Australasian record. Uh, she went 149.9 last week. And you're right, there, there was that, that you know, concern. Did that, you know, w would that play a part? But uh, she was very good. And it was on the back of a Luke McCarthy perler. Um, 
Major Delight found the lead and they went 26 early, so there was a bit of pressure for, for uh, Major Delight in the early stages of the race. But then Mark Pitt was able to peel off a 31-2 split. And when he dropped anchor, Luke made, Luke made his move from a running line position, worked around the outside and sat in the breeze. And you're sort of thinking, well, gee, Major Delight's had a pretty cosy second uh, split there um, and, and quickened up to 28-9. But Luke's horse just sat outside and she just gave it the go-by. She was very good, I keep smiling. She's done a few things historically in her career where she's you know made the odd odd little mistake but when she puts it together she's just devastating and we all know how good major delight is she's run no farther back than second in her career and another group one placing today for major delight but i keep smiling she's earning a reputation as being an outstanding filly in her own right and deservedly so tintin joe um Cameron Hart, he was all in at the start. He put his chips in, tried to, to get across mm. them, and basically he was he was one of the reasons they ran that 26-4 first quarter, and she was in a little bit of trouble when she wasn't able to to get across them. So, you know, the, the two fillies that were expected to dominate the race did dominate the race, led, one got out by outside the leader. Sky Blue, um, David Thorne, he's, he's had some... Ab- an opinion of this filly and she really hit the line well. I know she was, you know, 12 metres away in third spot, but, um, you know, when they're running home in 26-2, Sky Blue didn't do a bad job in third. Greg, you'd love one in your backyard like her. She has been a really good horse uh, right throughout her career. Um, David's done a great job with her. Of course, she finished uh, She finished second in the Breeders' Challenge final last year. She came out and ran third this year. But you look at her, her runs over the past probably... Oh, two months. She's uh, finished in the money her last six runs. Um, she, she's a very nice filly. I, I got, got the feeling she's going to be suited, you know, at, at a bigger trip maybe, um, but certainly the speed early, um, you know, that, that helped her get to the line well. But she's done a good job. But like I said, you'd, you'd love to have a horse like Sky Blue in your, uh, in your stable because she's just a real good money spinner. Good run, came from a mile back. As you mentioned, Tin Tin Joe dropped out. Horse I gave a chance to in the race, uh, Ludicrous. Uh, it just didn't come on. And Most Triumphant was another who came from back in the field. It was a, a nice run at 80 to 1, and uh, it, it wound up running fourth in that race. What about race number eight, the three-year-old Colts and Geldings final again at group one level? And Captain's not getting a great run in the van. Leads the way by four metres on in second, Posse Waratah Lou. Taking closer order now is Bainbridge, then Model Barno, better be the best. Further back then is King Tin Tin, followed then by Oliver Dan, and the rest are being headed by Sweetheart Barty's out, and oh, better be the best is broke. Better be the best is up in the air and has made a gallop and going for home here. It's Captain's not 26 it was a heartbreaker. He's dashed away as they straighten up. The leader is Captain's knock over Waratalu Model Barno. They were followed behind those runners, then by Bainbridge. But it's Captain's knock. He's full of running. Captain's knock, well clear, a hundred ago. Cometh the hour. Cometh the man. This is a big, big win for Captain's knock. And Captain's knock wins the Group One. Second, I reckon Waratalu and those in front of Model Barno. Be interesting to you know have a, a, a sit down and ch- talk. To Nathan Turnbull, if he had his time again, would he do something different? Because the way the race was run became a farce, really. 28-1, 29-1. 
and you're letting Captain's Knock, who was last year's Breeders' Challenge winner, just coast along in front. I don't. It didn't matter that um, better be the best went up in the air. He was not going to run home Captain's Knock when they're running 26-3, 26-4. There wouldn't be too many free-for-allers who'd be able to come from further back than 1-1 to win a race when they're running those sort of sections up front. Yeah. Um, Brad Hewitt, he he just he, he kitted to them and he, and he uh, pulled their pants down. Well, there's a there's a warrant out for his arrest because he did set pinch that race, twenty eight one twenty nine one, and then he's come home in fifty two seven. That horse, uh, look, we've all got caught up in the better be the best hype, and I put my hand up. Uh, you know, we talked last year when Captain's Knock beat Better Be the Best in the two year old final. We we all said, oh, Better Be the Best should have won, you know, but for the the bad beginning and the mistake he made early in the race. I think um, Captain's Knock probably has gone under the radar a little bit underestimated by some. Um, I'll certainly not be underestimating him, Greg. Brad Hewitt, take a bow. It was just a clever drive because he, he, he didn't have to go any quicker than he needed to in that first half. Nothing came and put any pressure on him. And uh, Captain's Knock was able to get that cheap split uh, in the first half of the race. And you know, like I said, coming home in, in 26-3 and 26-4, um, and he's been able to score by 13 metres and he beat some nice horses. I, I thought it was a you know, potentially uh, the, the race of the day. Um, you know, in the end, Oliver Dan hit the line okay for fourth. Model Barno at a hundred and fifty to one, and Waratah Lou at a hundred to one ran second and third to Captain Stock. Better be the best you touched on. Um, yeah, look, he he made a mistake. I, I just think um, you know it, it was just a, a disappointment for Nathan, but tandem out to how the race was run. Bainbridge finished last. He's a better horse than that run as well. But Captain's Knock. Greg, he's a he's a really nice horse, and I was thrilled to see uh, Brad get a, a Group One. Uh, there's a big uh, entourage on track, and of course, uh, I know uh, when you were doing the on-track interviews, uh, Jared Croker, uh, who's the managing owner of that syndicate that race captains, knocked they. Uh, yeah, he had a bit to say, and a big thrill for, for uh, Jared as well. Jared's missed a few, you know, feature race wins because of his job with the Raiders and 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 being away and and not being able to be there. And he said he's been at a few Group Ones. He has been able to get to the racetrack, and he's been been beaten. So he's never actually seen one of his horses win a Group One race. And he said that was pretty special today. The monkey was off the back. Um, mm. Better be the best. Look. I still don't think there's much between Captain's Knock and Better Be the Best, um, yeah. and, and I think we're going to see them clash quite a bit. You know, we've got, we've got the chariots in the not too distant future, and then you know who's to know, but a Eureka or something like that. I don't think it's the last time we're going to see these two go head and head. No, definitely not. Look, I was saying, Greg, you know, I talked about Better Be the Best. I interviewed Nathan Turnbull on Sydney Radio last week. Um, and he actually made the comment. I, I, I don't know whether you know, we've seen this horse generally race up top. Uh, with a trail, I think he might be better. It's scary to think what he might be able to do. Now, it didn't go to plan today. But I have said for the last few weeks, if I was a slot holder for the Eureka, uh, I would be trying to lock down Better Be The Best now. Mm-hmm. Because I just think he's just going to uh, get better and better as he gets older. That being said, don't let Captain's not get under your radar. He's a pretty special four-year-old. And, and then you've got the three-year-old crop that raced in the Eureka. They're going to be better for the experience next year. If they uh, if they stand up, so to you know, tell you what, it's it, I know it's twelve months away, ten months away, Greg, but the Eureka, it's um, going to be one almighty race, isn't it? Yeah, look, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, it's some, you know, in the next say eight weeks, whether we don't hear one of the mm. slot holders announce that they have locked in a horse, um, I, you know, 
speaking with Nathan, he's got he trains horses for Summit Bloodstock and Aaron Bain. So, you know, there's obviously a connection there in that stable and and and. They obviously won the race within Cypher this year, so it'd be interesting to see if they'd go that way. Um, but, yeah, look, I think both of those horses would, would be in... Certainly that... not out of place, would no. they, in a race like that? But like you said, let's not wish our lives away. We've still got the uh, the chariots in February to, to look forward to, um, you know, as, as being... Or March this year, uh, as being a real draw card. And then you throw in a horse like Oliver Dan, throw in a horse like Bainbridge at their best and, and some of the other four-year-olds into state. I tell you what, the chariots, first and foremost, is going to be a cracker race. What about race number nine? This was the free-for-all on the day. It was over the 2,400 metres. They don't use the 2,400 metres all that often, normally the 23, but this time over the 24, and Swayze, he was electric. The leader is Swayze. He gets to work hard. Spirit of St. Louis, our money rocks. Tasty Delight and Narano, they're all trying to wear down this gun horse, Swayze, but with 100 to go, it's Swayze clear, running into second, Narano running a cracking race, but it's Swayze for the money. Swayze beats Narano. Our money rocks a good run third. Spirit of St. Louis fourth. Um, a lead time reasonably fast. They made him work to get to the top 54-9. He was then able to back it off through the middle, but then home in 27-1 and 27-3. So home in 54-4. And Jason Grimson has said that it's New Zealand Cup or bust. And after today, you'd have to think he's a one-series contender for that New Zealand Cup. As we know, that the New Zealand Trotting Cup's the stand race. Uh, he trialled from the stand the other day, uh, stepped okay, did all he had to do. Um, and what we saw today indicates to me winning by 10 metres and, and running those times and doing a bit of work early doors, Greg. Uh, and, and Cam Hart and Jason, they've got a bit of experience running in New Zealand uh, Trotting Cups. Uh, so I, I think Swayze is, a, is an undeniable hope in that race. Um, just on what we've seen, of course, he, he won the big race in Queensland and lowered the colours of Leap to Fame, and he's come back beautifully. Um, quite exciting times ahead for, for Jason and Cam. Uh, Narano, big run at 150 to 1. It just ran out of its skin and gave Jason the Quinella. Um, our Money Rocks ran a great race as well, I thought. Uh, uh, drew the one and, and had to sort of push forward to try and hold a spot. And Spirit of St. Louis ended up running fourth in the race. We all know how good he is. But, uh, yeah, look, Swayze, it's, it's, it's very exciting. That second Tuesday in November at Addington, uh, he's going to be a player for sure. You mentioned Narana. I want to give Brittany Graham a bit of a rap, um, the former stablemate. She was uh, talking Narano up just before she mm. threw to you for that ninth event. She said it had run a cheeky race, and at 150 to 1, the stablemate to Swayze um, finished second. So there were some really big Quinellas, exactors, trifectas, and first fours. Hopefully, after Britt had something to say, a few people were able to jump on. I hope they did, yeah. Um, mate, what about, uh, we'll go to race 10, Firestorm Red taking out the last back-to-back victories, Jared Alchin. In fact, it was an Alchin trifecta. Jared Quinella, the race, and uh, third place was taken out by Ricky Alchin. Now going to the leaders, Brados Lad, out after it quickly. One big show. Still there in the middle of runners was Romany. A good finish coming up and trying to get home is Kanina, Prov Lima, and Firestorm Red. Where do you look? One big show. And Romany out wide, Firestorm Red dives at them. At dive. Mata got up. Firestorm Red, maybe a nose two on the inside. Romany splitting them one big show. Firestorm Red over the 2,300 metres, too strong in the last. Yeah, Jared actually bookended the card and he had a good day because he uh, had a, a, a Breeders' Challenge winner as well. 
Um, he won, of course, the trot with uh, with Doff the Cap. But, um, yeah, Firestorm Red's gone back-to-back. Back. Uh, last time out when it won, it, it was at pretty decent odds. And equally today at 25-1 to 1, was able to stick the head out in the in the finish. It was a close go. Half-head was the winning margin. And uh, Firestorm Red beat Romney. Uh, as you said, Jared uh, Quinnell of the race and uh, and Rick, who, of course, had Luxa Turner earlier on in the day, he wound up running third with one big show. Um, a few good runs, just from a future viewpoint. I'd keep an eye on Kamina Problema next time out and Saginaw in an easier race. It uh, really savaged the line and uh, wasn't beaten horrendously far, beaten about five metres from the winner. But uh, Firestorm Reddy's doing everything right, and, and Jared's got him really ticking over nicely. Yeah, really good win in that grade. Uh, let's go back and have a look at these four-year-old finals. The first of them yep. was My Ultimate Ronnie, who took out the four-year-old Entires and Geldings final. 27-5 the quarter, and he's put up 10 metres in the twinkling of an eye. On the outside, St. Crusader, All-Stars Frankie, one for the road, he runs home resolutely. But the leader is My Ultimate Ronnie below the 100. Nicely clear, 15 metres in front of a wall of horses chasing. But mild about Ronnie, he's going to add another race feature to his uh, resume today and wins it by about 25 metres. Second home was All-Stars Frankie, third's a photo. St. Crusader, who was brave and won for the roadie. Was a put-in take-out job. Uh, thought there'd be speed early, but not as much as there was. 26.9, so they, they, they didn't muck around early, but then... 30.2 and 27.5, so um, Cam was able to get the, the big breath for my ultimate Ronnie, 57.7 through the middle half, and, and then he just dropped the 25.8 bomb on them home. So that was a, a pretty impressive performance, and he won by nearly a cricket pitch. Yeah, he said cop that, 25.8 home and won by nearly 20 metres. Uh, yeah, look, he, he has just been a terrific horse uh, in and around these Breeders' Challenge races and at the top level. Um, and he's got a terrific uh, bankroll now, my ultimate Ronnie. He's uh, he's really put together what around three hundred and eighty odd thousand dollars in stakes, and he's just uh, a genuine, real racehorse, a professional. Greg, you know, he, he gets out there, he does his job, and uh, he's got a great association with Cam. And my ultimate Ronnie was able to beat All Stars Frankie, who battled away well, and Saint Crusader at odds uh, ran third, one for the roadie out wider, ran fourth, but. Uh, he deserves, you know, a decent race at Menangle. He's, he's got a good record, uh, you know, across the board, but uh, it was good to see him pick up a Breeders' Challenge final. The other four-year-old final was for the Mayors. She's at this leader a long way from home, and as they come for home, the leader, my sweet Sabrina, Captain's Queen, needs to get in a racing room. They were followed by Zenzina, Ideal in Dreams, peels out from Pardish of Alan Sugar for my honey. The leader on tired legs has been gobbled up here by Ideal in Dreams and Captain's Queen. They go together. Ideal in Dreams and Captain's Queen. Captain's Queen on the inside and Ideal in Dreams, the Queen. Captain's Queen. She's pulling out plenty. She's pulling away. She's home. Captain's Queen beats Ideal in Dreams, my sweet Sabrina Pardigeval. I think Amanda Turnbull, one of the best drivers in the country. Really smart drive with Captain's Queen. Um, out of the gate in 27-7, there was no rest because my sweet Sabrina was was pushing around, forced that 28 one second quarter. So what does Amanda do? I'm going to grab hold, I'm going to let it go. And then just takes a, a, a sit on my sweet Sabrina. And then Captain's Queen was able to hold off Ideal in Dreams up the straight. Really smart driver. Pound for pound, one of the best we've got. And um, Nathan Jack and Amanda combining to win that four-year-old Mayor's final. Yeah, I think uh, we talk about you know people flying under the radar. We all know how good Amanda is. But she still flies under the radar, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, you know, she she's just she's because she's so unassuming and just goes about her business. 
Uh, you know, you don't see headlines or anything like that. She just goes about her business uh, on the track. And, yeah, she, she took hold. She allowed my sweet Sabrina to work around the outside. Uh, they went a 55-8 first half. Uh, there was a bit of pressure. Uh, Ideal in Dreams uh, you know, made a move, and, and uh, they sort of all set up there, the big guns. But when, the, uh, when they turned for home, Amanda was able to get into the clear with Captain's Queen and then stave off Ideal in Dreams. Sweet, uh, my sweet Sabrina battled away, and Pater Cheval uh, wound up in, in the fourth spot. They were pretty much all up there right throughout the race, and uh, that's pretty much how they uh, finished Captain's Queen. Another who's building a great or has built a great record, Greg, over 200,000 in stakes earnings. And, uh, of course, uh, my, uh, Captain's Queen won uh, the big race uh, at Bathurst. So uh, she's um, you know, she's a very talented filly and uh, well, mayor now and uh, picks up the mayor's final. My sweet Sabrina, she's she, she would be bad for blood pressure for punters because she just doesn't travel, does she? Like Taylor was Taylor Osman was into my sweet Sabrina well before the turn and we know how long the Menangle Strait is and if you're taking the you know, she was a dollar fifty five, got out to two dollars sixty in the end, started favourite in the race. But if you were on my sweet Sabrina, you knew you were in a bit of trouble approaching the turn because she was under a lot of pressure. Yeah, she was at a probably uh, probably at least at the at the five hundred uh, coming down the side, and as you say, it's a big straight. Greg, I'd hate to be running up at myself and um, you know pulling you in a wheelbarrow, especially. <laughs> uh, but uh, she 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 was working hard. Um, she's a very talented driver, by the way. Uh, I've got to give uh, uh, yeah, Taylor a rap. She's doing some really good things. But uh, she and it was a great chance, you know, young lass, you know, big group one race. But uh, the horse just couldn't go on once Captain Screen uh, found the gap. Ideal and Dreams has been doing a great job for uh, BPM Bloodstock. David Thorne's had her flying of late, but uh, it was Captain's Queen's day today. Race number two, the Rising Stars, uh, Leighton Green. It was a, a classic Harold Park drive. Wanted to be three pegs. No one else wanted to be there. Uh, Leighton just angled the horse to three pegs, and Foxy Data was put to sleep and, and didn't have to worry about it, and then got a split in the straight and just uh, charged through when Blazing Home started to get tired. Leader with 150 left to go, just about out on its feet, Blazing Home, and coming at it strongly, here's Foxy Dada. Oh, the heavens open, the split came, and Foxy Dada and Leighton Green wins the Rising Stars. Van Basten, it was able to run second, third home, Blazing Home in a camera. Yeah, look, they fanned, didn't they, Greg? And that sort of allowed Leighton to pretty much steer a passage. They were all over the, the shop as they flattened in. But uh, Foxy Dada, uh, Brian Portelli's not only got this horse going well, but Brian's team is going really well. Uh, they've really hit a good little picture form. And Foxy Dada at 60 to 1 uh, was able to uh, get that middle split through the uh, the eye diddle diddle to go home and score. Van Basten uh, went around at 33 to 1 and it made a stack of ground for Gracie Penella. We just mentioned Taylor Osmond. She uh, partnered Blazing Home, the, the short-priced favourite, but uh, it just couldn't uh, couldn't go on. They went a 26-1 first quarter, and that may have been a, a telling factor. Uh, Jet Turnbull, Greg, uh, you know, we've been waxing lyrical about how good young Jet's going with the strike rate he's got from only a very limited uh, career. I think he's only had, I don't know, something like 125 drives, 30-odd wins, 35 wins or thereabouts. Um, and he would have had a big thrill driving at Menangle for the first time with Crime Don't Pay, um, and it really got to the line hard. It's uh, got uh, back me uh, the next time Crime Don't Pay all over it. Good to see Jet getting a crack at uh, Menangle. Jack uh, Chapel as well on Arden's Delight. But they're the young stars. They're called the rising stars for a reason, and 
uh, whilst there's already one or two in that group, Greg, today that are probably established as stars um, in the in the game. Uh, certainly, some of the others are, are true rising stars. For sure and certain. Doff your cap. We mentioned Jared Alchin before um, bookended the, the program. Centre of the track. Doff your cap out after Caligula. And trying to get to the pair is Toro Stride. Doff your cap puts the nose in front. Now starts to pull away. It's Doff your cap. And Doff your cap is going to be too good. Doff your cap first. Tight go, Miners. Doff your cap. Nominated for the Inter-Dominion. A couple of starts ago, uh, first up from a spell, Jared said, no, not happy with the horse at all. His coat is not right. He's, I, he, I don't know what's wrong. And then all of a sudden, he comes out and he wins a race that he had to win when his main rivals galloped. And he, he's really, Jared said, he's really come on from that run. He's Inter-Dominion bound. And on today's performance, you think he's going to have to be pretty competitive. Um, too strong for Caligula and Toro Stride. Yeah, look, he... he struck me as being very dour today, Greg, and that, to me, indicates maybe that the style of an Inter-Dominion series is going to be right up a horse like Dr. Capsally. Um, he beat Caligula, who was back from a spell. Uh, pretty much we see Caligula exclusively reserved for mile racing, and he did a good job to run second, uh, first up, uh, Toro Striden. Scruffy Doolan, Talia McMullen, uh, won a race uh, last Saturday with this horse, and it's come out and run a, a pretty handy fourth today, hitting the line okay. But doff your cap. I just, I, I think, Greg, you're, you're on the mark there. He's the sort of horse that is going to really develop in a Inter-Dominion series because he'll enjoy that, that, that tough style of, you know, racing every few days to, to get to the final. I, I think he was very dour today, and... Uh, I just think that that type of racing will suit him. Mate, I'm going to uh, put you on the spot um, for your, what, what you thought was the most impressive performance of the day, whether it was a horse, whether it was a, a driver. You know, I'm going to go with Luxa Turner. I thought she was fantastic. Mm. I am the president of her fan club. I think she's an absolute star. She's nine from nine. Wouldn't surprise hey, me. Hey, hey, back back up, back up. I'm <laughs> the president of the fan club. I, <laughs> I've been with her all the way since her Bathurst days. And, uh, and uh, yeah, look, uh, you're quite entitled to be wrapped in her, Greg. I am. She's, she's a wonder. So um, who, who did yeah. you, did you think she was the performance of the day? Oh, look, equine, equine performance of the day without any shadow of a doubt. But I did think that Luke McCarthy's drive uh, was a very telling factor in that uh, three-year-old Phillies final because Mark Pitt looked as though, well, he got away with an absolute blue murder in that second quarter for a race of that nature, 31-2. And even when you when you, you know, look at the third quarter combined, it was a 60 middle half. But Luke made the move rather than sit back, came around and parked, and, and he at least knew his filly was going to be in for the dogfight. And I just thought that, made a bit of a difference that that move that mid-race move when he came out to apply just a little bit more pressure to, to Mark Pitt uh, and Major Delight I thought that was probably the drive of the day. Mate great to have you behind the binoculars today you nailed it again thanks for joining me on the podcast uh, to recap what happened today out there. Pleasure Greg anytime mate thank you. 